Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, welcome to Marvel's Netflix's The Defender full-length commentary with The Bizzle and Papa Bizzle, Season 2, Episode 7, Semper Fidelis, a.k.a. Semper Fi. Papa Bizzle, one of the amazing episodes of this amazing season with some great Frank stuff, among other, other stuff. Yeah, it's very intense with Frank, this episode. Um, this is a great way to start it. It's very artistic. This Great is, director. This is, of course, somewhat reminiscent to when word gets out about Jessica Jones and Kilgrave and people's varying responses, right? Oh, Even though, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, this woman is amazing. And it, it's always the older, wise people who are like, I've seen too much shit. Guys like him, maybe we need yeah, yeah. it, you know? Right, right. I mean, people don't realize that even though there's so much "quote unquote" black crime, it's black people who suffer most of the crime and, and need the help in their neighborhoods. Yeah, absolutely. Although Frank particularly likes killing scary Irishmen, as you pointed out. Mm. Son of Jesus. Sam, Bernie Getz. Yeah, it's great. In- interweaving some history in it, All some right. real history, and interweaving the shots of Frank in the jail. Um, these. Do you notice that the camera is different with these sorts of things? And then with Daredevil moves, like it sort of speeds up and slows down. Yeah. That's a matrix reloaded trick. It is this quick speed up and then the quick slow down and then the quick speed up like Trinity on the motorcycle. It's very, it's very effective. The judge is now, now squeezing them to accept the, uh, the current 12, jurors even though they don't completely want to i don't think we know of any frank castles in in the real world in in his exact way right 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 oh she's a great actress you know in 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 the 19th century in america you know like jesse james and and those types but that's uh, a great point he's an urban cowboy i never thought about that wow an urban outlaw Huh. huh God, that movie, The Assassination of Jesse James, is so good. Oh, it's so good. Even though I, I, Casey bothers me, he's a great actor. Uh, well, you know me. I, Do you I hear this Casey. music? You hear this music? No, I'm not it's hearing like, it. It's like Transformers End of the World music. I uh, mean, this is, this is with Batman villains, where it's uh, like, you don't know. Yes. It could be yeah. any number of cops, and they could break out and kill people at any moment. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Look at him. Now, is this common that they that they bring a, a guy in in his orange jumpsuit to court? Yeah, I never know how that works. The orange jumpsuit, the white jumpsuit. 
Um, I think you know you wear a suit on the day of sentencing, but otherwise, I think you do. If you're considered a hardened maximum security prison, I mean, usually prisoners don't come in with handcuffs either, unless they're major danger, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what's great, Dad, is Bernthal and the writers totally sell that there is another journey that happens between the end of this series and in his series. I think. Which is summed up by that crazy first episode in the Punisher series, right? Where he's trying to stay out, trying to stay out, trying to stay out. And then he has to save that poor kid's life with those thugs. Yes, right, right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this doesn't lead directly into the Punisher. Like, there's backstory that comes out about stuff that happens. Right. And and his acting really shows the difference, which is just, you know, unsurprising, but still amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how he how he sells Punisher. All right, Dad. So these three, where are we at right now with them? Oh, I mean, uh, in your mind, not like summing up the situation, but like Karen's focused, Foggy's focused, Matt's acting focused. Well, um, uh, Foggy's taken responsibility for this case. Matt is so distracted by Elodie, um, by Electra, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Karen is just so obsessed with understanding what really, really, really happened. Mm. Right, the acquittal, right? Yeah. I mean, look, the, another great twist is Foggy is objectively the far better lawyer than Matt. It hasn't happened yet, but he's getting there. Matt is too self-righteous and he's too distracted. He could never be a good lawyer. Right, Dad? I mean, foggy self-righteous in terms of the law, not in terms of God and so forth. Yes, right, right. So this is setting up the whole insanity plea thing, and they, you know, Karen doesn't want it, Foggy wants it. Yeah, there's some weird lines, like, you think the war caused this? Like, of course the war caused this. That's the Karen thing. You know, they give Karen some bad lines. It's not her fault, and she handles them with a plum. Not that it's a bad line. It's just, it's obvious. Yeah. Right. PTSD. So were they, you know, that the, the thing coming up is really interesting with the, the debate about the insanity plea. Do they really believe it? Frank says it's bullshit, right? But he is experiencing something in his brain where he was reliving that moment over and over again. It's not strict PTSD. Right. They're, they're throwing a lot of sort of uh, data and, <clears throat> and facts and opinion at trying to, um, make it not black and white that he's he's a psycho that, mm-hmm. that there's all sorts of extenuating circumstances and you know sort of karen's position on on him that he's just not a madman so even if electra wasn't in the picture dad which obviously she keeps screwing up everything but let's take electra out for this trial i still think the fact that matt and karen think they're on the same side with this case but actually aren't uh might actually have tanked the the case uh uh, still does that make sense yeah that's interesting because he's Um, pulling from information you can't possibly share in working in his christian you know uh righteousness thing which is the opposite of karen's humanistic approach it's obvious it's opposite of foggy's (laughs) they grow up so fast it's opposite of foggy's just like i'm gonna get it done lawyer pragmatic thing but also like you know idealism for the law but F- Foggy's the one with the most strident position on uh, on Punisher. I mean, he he really thinks he, he's he's an insane sociopath. So is this Karen's gun? 
Does she have the concealed weapon? No. Okay. Mm. They screwing with her papers. Uh, it's all corrupt. So here's what doesn't make. This is the exact thing that happens in the Dark Knight trilogy. Is the first two movies the police are totally corrupt, and then they turn everything around, and the ninety nine percenters decide they're going to kill all the rich people, and the police are the good guys in the final Dark Knight movie. It's, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. So here the police are super corrupt. We see it again in the jail with the 11-minute fight next season with Matt. But the ultimate people are the national security apparatus, right? From the Punisher series. Yeah, from the Punisher series. And they don't connect it. It's the same way we don't see Fisk buy off most of the people he buys off. We just assume that it's happening. Yeah. Hi, Karen. Well, like we've (laughs) said before, I mean, uh, Marvel doesn't do that great a job of integrating series and various characters and the other shows and all of that yeah i mean it's not any less or more sloppy than star wars but when you're in a galaxy far far away no one cares about the explanations right 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 he's scary he's menacing but he's never creepy right and and he continually softens around her he gets increasingly softer I mean, I th- look, look at him. Yeah. Look at him. Here, he's he's not like he was in the hospital where he he looked like he was going to bite her head off initially when she first started up with him. But now, she's she's got him semi-domesticated. He, in a weird way, in certain angles, has a bizarrely high emotional IQ into other people. And he yes. can tell that she's damaged and is a really good person. It's not because she's pretty. It, it's because of her vulnerability and openness to him. Yeah, he's, just, he's not PTSD. Yeah, he feels like he was functioning fine over there in the sandbox. I mean, Frank is so frustrating in this season. He's very frustrating in the beginning of Punisher season. But I talk about how they they use frustration on purpose in these series to really build up the tension and the stakes in an effective way. Yeah. She cares about him so much. I mean And he, he look at and he, he, he feels it. And see, she persuaded him. So Right. So this guy's gonna come, defend Frank, but he's dirty and Karen investigates down the road and he tries to kill Karen and Frank comes out and kills yes. him to yes. protect Karen. So he doesn't know that he's dirty. He knows some of them are dirty, but right. they were all there when he tortured and killed shot that that Muslim guy who may or may not have been innocent. You know, Oh my god, look at that little pu- puppy dog, guys. Yeah. On Frank. He yeah. Can't, he I can't mean, dare to hope he has a chance at anything. What's Matt up to here? He's practicing. Oh, he's practicing. He can't focus. And who's calling? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ghostbusters. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she just always assumes that mm-hmm. she's his his primary uh, focus and mm-hmm. uh can i throw you another theory about why some nerds don't like electra yeah which is i talked about how you know he gets brought down by her to such an extreme level for such a long time 
but i think it's also that people loved and wanted even more punisher and maybe they felt like she was distracting from the punisher line but that's totally against what's going on which is it's making the punisher case way more interesting because he's dealing with this shit yeah but here's the thing i mean she's as interesting a character as punisher is every bit is interesting true i mean you know from my yeah from my perspective we're, we're filling in a lot of blanks with her character because we relate to her in the writing for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This fucking racist asshole. Oh, yeah, this this thing. I totally forgot about this. Right. This guy's just vile. He's a repulsive asshole. But he gets his, uh, his comeuppance. <laughs> I'm sure he does. From our girl, Elodie. This is really a, a nauseating scene mm-hmm. with this guy. So what I love about Kingpin is uh, they make him lovable enough as well as hateable and despicable. All the best villains are not like this guy. Not that this guy's doing a bad job, but the best villains, y- y- you know, there's something classy about them or, you know, Fisk's love of, of art. I mean, this guy is just a bl- blowing coke with hookers. <laughs> yeah. Even naughty. <laughs> oh, I mean, like Electra is the most comic booky written character, and yet she makes it so naturalistic. That's yeah. so hard. I just turned up the volume a little bit. Yakuza, Matt, not Yakuza. Yeah, they they pronounce it both ways. I think in, in the show. Is this the is this the pit episode? Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's this one or the next one. Well, whether it's this one or the next one, Dad, that means you have an entire half Daredevil season, an entire Iron Fist season, and most of the Defender season before they revisit the pit, which I yeah, think is a great right. epic journey of discovery, but maybe it took too long for people over the course of two years or whatever. Well, he he gives him uh, mm-hmm. what what he gives him something really important. I don't, Dad, did I mention on, on with you that Daredevil is the most believable non-killing vigilante because he's so sensitive to every movement of everything that he yeah. knows exactly how hard he's hitting and it, like you know like strangling. He knows he's not going to break their windpipe kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Like you think Batman with all that armor and Bruce Wayne's anger would just murder someone by accident? Oh, yeah, that's right. He helps them yeah. uh, decipher this. Yeah. Uh, By the way, they take away the costume in Season 3, but we have the most and coolest Daredevil special abilities used in Season 3, I think. Which, yeah, I agree. Which is the cooler part, not the costume. <laughs> I just, all of these characters look better in plain clothes, and the other three defenders all wear plain clothes, and he's better in plain clothes. We haven't talked about the costume, how not goofy it looks, considering, right? Oh, I think it's great. Yeah. I, I think it's great. And they had I mean, to, he's officially the Devils of Hell's Kitchen now, too, so he needs it. 
I mean, other than the horns are, are a little corny, but other than that, it's 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 a great it's a great suit. I do think they missed a huge opportunity in the final season three episode for him to steal the suit back from Dex because they even teased that that was going to happen. You know, it's like Captain America and the Winter Soldier. He goes plain clothes, but at the end, he steals his old uniform to yeah. to, to fight the supposed good guys who are actually bad guys in Hydra. Like for that one last episode, I would I would have done it, but whatever. This is such a great friendship that I'm always talking about how few believable male-female platonic relationships there are, both yeah. in real life and on TV. You know yeah, that's true. That's I have true. at least as many close platonic female friends as male friends, I, but I know that's not common for society. It has a it's lot not. to do with camp and a lot to do with my college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but, not common at all. But, I mean, the thing is... Karen does lean on Foggy, and that keeps her together most of the time. Matt doesn't, as we've discussed. Mm. Right. Although, she might want to start filling him in about all of the sketchy stuff she's doing. Right, he's having flashbacks. Right, not having flashbacks. It's not really what's going on. The justice system is so... makes these cases impossible. Problem is, there's no right answer to this person. It's case. There's the train once a day. And right. This is where this is where they discover the bullet in his head or something, right? So this is like a major, quick, weird plot twist coming up with the coroner or whatever. But yeah, it, it does effectively do exposition without exposition right um so i, I overall i like i like the twist because it actually just screws them more even though you think it's going to help them mm-hmm. now, how does the fake story get into the newspaper about frank's family being shot in a taxi cab or something how, I, yeah. is that is that is that reyes that did that no, it was always that they were killed in the park. It was just who killed them and that the police were, were partially responsible. The The story was just that it was a straight-up mob hit and they got caught in a crossfire. That was, that was the public story. Wait, she just said it. She's talking about reliving horrible memories that they must know Karen's story at this point. I, I believe so. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. It informs the connection with Frank. I mean, Karen has killed multiple people at this point in her life. Two, right? She killed Wesley and she killed her brother. Right. By accident. Yeah, she was trying to save her brother, which is a fucked up thing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's grisly. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, really quickly, in the end of season three, when the 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 Indian guy or Pakistani guy does his last confession before he gets killed, and, and Foggy says, well, that's pretty admissible in court. If if you know you're going to die, it's considered more truthful. Is that based on reality? Hmm. Well, no. no but who, who doctored the, I mean, who's responsible for doctoring the ME report and all of that? Mm-hmm. That says that they weren't shredded. That they, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I think the brilliant twist in either this episode or the next, I think it's this one, with the Frank on the stand, is they could make real magic happen with Frank on the stand if Foggy and or Karen question him, but Matt screws it royally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matt's Matt's loyalty abilities come from his ability to be charismatic, to be to talk well, and he can use lot in logic in sort of the formal sense when he needs to, right? But he yeah. doesn't have near the conviction of a foggy, and so he's in effect or less, way less effective in that sense. Yeah, way less. This is where they find the carloads of mm-hmm. dirt, right? Which is a a pre pre pit data point. <clears throat> I mean, Foggy in some ways is less scared than Matt, just by life. <laughs> yeah, Foggy's uh, kind of uh, a little bit bit naive about what goes on out there. And but by season everything. three, he knows that he's going up against people who are threatening to kill him and his family. Yeah, that's in season three. What yep, the hell? What is this? This is the dirt from the pit uh, okay. that, that that they're that they're getting rid of. So. The connection I don't get is the bodies at the hospital coming up in a couple episodes with with uh, Claire Temple. The blood is is necessary to k- kind of power the um, the uh, the re- re- rejuvenation regeneration, which we never see. We see these almost dead people whose blood has been taken. We see the bones of dragons underground in Midtown, down the pit. You know, we we don't actually see the transference. I guess that's sort of the idea, but is we'll we'll, we'll get there. But the are the people special at all who are who the bloodletting is having to because they turn into zombies? No, I, I don't think they are special. It's just human blood, and I I think we do see. Don't we see um, Electra thrown into the the uh, the cauldron of blood at some point? And does, I think see, it's the very last shot. Yeah, yeah, right, sealed into that. Mm-hmm. Which is, of course, reminiscent of the Terminator, you know, getting a new body in the bathtub mm-hmm. of blood in, in Sarah Connor Chronicles. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know how they, how they go up against these machine guns, but it, it certainly, they, they sell it. I, I'm not quite un- I'm understanding why they couldn't have had Electra come in to help for 10 minutes in, like, episode 10 of season three, but whatever. Uh Right. Bones breaking. Nice. The the full like double spin kick that Matt does a lot is really effective. Both visually and that from yeah, the fighting yeah, it looks move. Great. Yeah. Right. It looks great. It does. But it makes sense because he's not a huge guy, so he needs to generate torque and force. I really like the way they do these uh, dual fight scenes with with the two of them. I it's think always they, better with the team fighting, you know, yeah, even if it's they, just two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of many disappointments of Thor Ragnarok is we don't get that much Hulk and Thor fighting together. Maybe none at all. Oh, right. Uh-oh, here comes some more. So... 
a sort of, you know, lore question here is how much does Electra and Matt, and Matt know various levels about the, the hand? Well, um, Matt knows nothing about it until, well, wait, has Stick, has Stick tried to give him the tutorial on the hand yet or is that? No, and Claire Temple, between this and Iron Fist Season 1, when she becomes good buddies with Danny and Colleen and goes to China and learns about the hand, you'd think she would have already told Luke and, and Matt about it. But I think Electra knows a fair amount about the hand. Oh, yeah. Her whole life has been supposedly right. As you pointed out, training, according to Stick, to fight the hand. Yeah, but I don't think she knows that much about Black Sky. Right. Yeah. So the idea is the same thing that makes her black sky also makes her potentially, you know, a, a Thor level good guy or something. But yeah. neither are are explained. But we just see it through the fighting performance and her just, you know, yeah. She got nicked. Yeah. I mean, I like they don't make her a Terminator. She's hurt. She's tired. Yeah. Right. So, but again, Black Sky, why her? Is there something magical in her? I have no idea. My my favorite thing. Watching people get stitched up. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, but compared to the whole Black Sky thing, the Iron Fist makes a ton of logical sense. <laughs> mm. it's, it, they've explained how it came, how it gets transferred between people, what it can do, you know, oh, all see. that stuff. Oh, I see. we're making a good team Uh, that's like remember when jessica tries to turn kilgrave into a good guy briefly yeah and he's just so high for helping but he's like ready to murder everyone else you know what i mean he's like this is exciting i'm like oh no kilgrave (laughs) yeah she's she so wants matt to be on her page and he's so not on her page he, she wants Matt to be on her page, on her terms, when she, in her time frame. Whoa, whoa. Look at her. It's a little distracting. Yeah, she wants him to be on her bloodlust page. I'm just looking at Black Sky here real quick. Oh, Okay. I wonder how hard uh, Charlie Cox has to work to do the his eye stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. To, to look like a blind guy. Right, because not right. just like contacts, like, you know, Donnie Yen in Rogue One or whatever. Mm. It's <laughs> 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 like, uh, like a little foreplay between assassins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The most recent uh, Clone Wars I did with Simi was we learned about Obi Wan's old old love, and th- they're constantly insulting each other. It's just foreplay. You can just tell with couples. Some couples that's just their foreplay. Yeah. Right. No, she, she just lied to him about not knowing that much about Nobu. She, she knows everything about Nobu. She so I just know him by reputation. Nobu's not one of the five, right? But he's just a senior guy. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. She is so photogenic, it's disgusting. Cheekbones are like unbelievable. Where did you go, Electra? She's not gonna can't believe mm. anything. You know, they always get into trouble when they start talking about the history of their relationship and uh, the early rounds of it. So as far as I can tell, Black she Sky is one hundred percent a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing and not in the comics whatsoever. Oh, well, that's interesting. I never would have guessed that. Yeah. By the way, huh. really quickly mentioned to my dad before the podcast, the director of this, Ken Garadi or Gerardi, also directed a bunch of great Orphan Black and Vikings episodes, and he's very ably <laughs> directing a very complicated episode here, mm, I, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I would say this is, a, this is fairly masterful, how he handles this. Actually, this feels thing. more like a complicated Vikings episode than an Orphan Black episode, just structurally, right? Yeah, right. You have Is so many players, and there's exactly. so many balls in the air. and yeah. Subplots, right. Yep, mm-hmm. a- absolutely. And you have one or two characters that you absolutely cannot trust, and but you kind of like. You know what I mean? Like, right. So and here the, she looks the, like a scared girl. Yeah, that's an unusual look for her. Um, but it's about the relationship she's troubled about. Mm-hmm. If she has as much control over the relationship as she wants to have. Mm-hmm. Another question is someone as wise as Stick, seemingly wise, why he thought th- that t- teaching her to be a murderer as a child would have good long-term implications for him is unclear. Huh. It seems like 12 or 14 would be a better age to start at than 8. Hmm. Look, look at the, the camera is just... <laughs> it's just... And they do this again in, I think, the third episode of The Defenders when we're seeing her come back to life for literally 15 minutes. And it's just her and Alexander. And she's coming out of the pit like an orc from Lord of the Rings. And Yeah, yeah, right. She does so much with body movement and facial stuff here and in The Defenders. I, I, I might have mentioned that I think she's brilliant and severely underused, but we'll see where her career goes. You did mention it. Well, because I know you're on the same page. Yep. I liked the lighting in this whole scene inside his apartment. She's too skinny for the bezel. <laughs> she still looks troubled, doesn't she? Yeah, I forgot that she was so relatively human at this point in the season. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. This is great. This is great filmmaking here because the first time I saw this and then there was a long gap and I saw it again, I could not remember if Matt came in at the last minute to save Foggy. It's, no, it's, it's no, set up great. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> Look at Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you're a man down. Oh my god. <laughs> He's so good. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. I'm man down. Semperfy. Semper. So you know in, in the final big over the top play that that uh Jason uh Schwartzman does at the end of he does like a Vietnam reconstruction based on yes. Bill, Bill Murray's conversation. Yes. You know, where they're driving together earlier on and he just turns to Bill Murray and goes, were you in the shit? And Bill Murray takes a pause. He goes, 
yeah, I was in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the Scottish guy at the end going, Semper Fi, soldier. Semper yeah. Fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michelle Hurd plays Samantha Reyes, who we despise at this point as watchers. Right. Justice. It's all twisted up. Well, it is kind of the Wild West. I mean, the way they portray New York City. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is just all ass covering, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, not really, but uh, that's that's the tax she has to take. He's not a, really a serial killer. Right, again. Well, it's a different... It's about definition. Different, different brand of... Oh my God, do you want to something hilarious? Michelle Hurd, who plays the DA, is married to Garrett Dillahunt, who played Cromarty in Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh my goodness, huh? <laughs> Matt, where are you? I thought the judge I've seen before, but she's no credits. Yeah, she she's a she's a character actor. I mean, you you've seen her around. I Not according to IMDb. Maybe they just haven't updated her page. Oh, yeah, I feel like I've seen her. Look at him looking at his index cards. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like a middle schooler. Oh, with that hairdo. I mean, where did they come up with that hairdo? Uh huh. Frank can't believe he's he's watching this. <laughs> <laughs> this this the amateur hour here. Uh huh. Dump the cards. Yeah. All right. This is it. This is it. This is what you have to do sometimes in life. Mm. Uh-huh. Look at him with his with his dweeby tie bar. Uh huh. <laughs> too short a tie. All right, he's painting the picture, right? That's what the defense is supposed to do. Yeah. I know who that woman is, Dad. We saw that in a play once a few years ago. Oh. I mean, this is kind of a terrible speech, but it's a big step for Foggy nonetheless. Yeah, it is. It's a big step for him, but this is, you know, essentially the, the Semper Fi. This is a Semper Fi speech. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. This is definitely the tack to take. You know, portray him as a as a war hero, which the colonel will then reinforce when they bring him in. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, needle Foggy's gonna needle you back. Exit Strategy was the name of the play we saw about the Chicago school closing. Oh, right. Yeah, she was the old woman. Oh, she was in that. Mm-hmm. Huh, interesting. Yep. So oh. This is very clever. It's a very clever defense. Did Foggy and company make a mistake not investigating the DA more, or they'd have no reason to suspect it was as personal as it is? Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. 
of course, Frank's not helping. That's the thing. I mean, I never believe Frank's trying to help his cause because he could give. He, he, right? He waits until the very end of this whole trial before he calls out the DA. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to rationalize anything that he does. I mean, he just he knows he's a vigilante and he thinks it's the right thing to do given these, from his perspective, these animals that he, he's killing. Mm-hmm. Even though the animals have families, and then there's that whole slippery slope thing that we've talked a little bit about. By the way, semper fidelis means always faithful or always loyal, and of course, is the Marine Corps motto. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is such a non-paint-by-numbers court episode, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. M- most even, like, good court episodes in some shows end up feeling like Law & Order. Yeah, this does not feel like Law & Order, that's for sure. I mean, you know, it, it goes without saying that Foggy is completely right through this entire trial. Right. Right. He's so pissed. So the disease, does the DA know how corrupt the police department is that they're behind these extra threats? I don't think so. I don't believe so. But she was the one who covered up the police massacre. I, I think. Well, that's the point I wasn't clear on. Who, who was involved in, in that cover-up and who, who knows who knew about it? I don't know. I I, th- I I find the deep corruption of the national security apparatus and Punisher both more believable and more interesting uh, overall because corrupt yeah. cops is such an easy thing to do. Yeah, and yes. Wilson Fisk is paying half the cops in the city. You know, right? Does Electra walk in on this? Uh. No, not at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she walks in when Stick and Matt are doctoring uh, Electra after she gets pretty seriously injured, I, I believe. And, and that's in the next episode, I, I think. I mean, Charlie Cox has the exact amount of good chemistry with Rosario Dawson. He has the exact amount of chemistry needed with Karen. Obviously, Electra, it's off the charts, and that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, mm-hmm. he's amazing with these women in very different levels. They must have known, Dad, that Karen was going to end up in, in the press. They probably did. She's a great investigator. She's too underqualified to be a lawyer, obviously, but she's overqualified to be an executive assistant. And from a lore perspective, you don't think that comes out of the comic books? I have no idea if Karen Page is in the comic books or what she's mm. like. I've read very little Daredevil. It's, it's bizarre stuff. Oh. And this is such a great portrayal. I don't, it's like with Iron Man and stuff, I don't feel need to read the Yeah, yeah, the exactly comics. right. It really stands on its own so well. I tried to read some Iron Fist, and it was either goofy or way over the top. Oh, <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think they do a great job of bringing this stuff to TV. I'll say it again. Every episode I watch a Karen, she grows on me more. I think she's an amazing, subtle performance. 
I mean, I, I, there's so few female characters with her profile and the lines that she gets on television that make this work. At this point in the series, I'm still not. If I, if pretending that I haven't seen three, yeah, sure, I'm still not a, a big fan of her, her acting. Oh, right, I can't remember where I was at in earlier viewings of it, but now rewatching any of the seasons, I'm in. And there's not a single beat that comes off as total cheese, even when the lines are total cheese. She just does it understated. She's a little, little too kind of hyper feminine for for me. But that's what makes it interesting. I mean, not, we can't, we don't want to be attracted to all the female characters of these shows. Like, we, like she's very pretty. She's not our type. She's very feminine. That's but that makes her strength and her balls later this season and certainly in season three that much more impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she grows a huge pair of them, bigger than Matt. In, in the third season. Yeah, because Matt's hot, yeah. just hiding like a like a rat. Yeah. And I really like what they do with Matt in the third season. He's so damaged. I mean, think about it. Karen in some ways is a vigilante that's like Jessica Jones out in the open in a way, which she tries to pull a few times in season three. Foggy's by the book lawyer, Matt's in hiding, and Karen just tries to pull almost JJ level stupid, insane, but brave stuff a few times. Yeah, she's a she's a highly aggressive investigative reporter, basically, mm-hmm. that crosses lines. And, and again, I think the disappointment with JJ season two and Luke Cage series is on paper, those are the two that we would like the most because they're open, they're not hiding, they wear plain clothes, right? They're out in plain sight, they're more mm-hmm. regular people. Um Oh, here here they just had a what did she say? Uh, she she basically said she totally understands why he is a vigilante, and uh, she said it works. She said right or wrong, it works, and and he he really melted down over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's now going to invite her to leave <laughs> because he's so distressed, disturbed by what she said. Even though he agrees, like sixty-seven percent. I'm not sure where his heart's at at this point. He tries to help him on the stand after that long conversation they had on the roof a few episodes back. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Does make he does make a, but not to her level of almost uh, idealization of what he's doing. He he didn't even touch her as he was kind of ushering her toward the door. So if she's not, so if she's not in love with Frank. And Frank's not in love with her, and even though her brother died, there's not a direct correlation between her life tragedies and his. So what's driving it? Just her need to just stir shit up? <laughs> yeah, I knew Electra was coming hers there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like, she's like, kill me, you guys are so hor- boring. Yeah, right. This uh... is not a life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she is obsessive, like extremely hyper obsessive with him. She wants him. She wants him to be, you know, uh, her kind of uh, her her twin and lover. 
if Matt wasn't who he was, would she even be investigating or caring about what was going on in New York City with the pit in the hand? I don't know. Yes, I think she she would because that's part of what Stick has you know kind of programmed her to to do. Except she's on the run from Stick right now, isn't she? Mm. Well, we'll find out next episode. I'm gonna be laughing a lot with Stick. That actor is amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's something else. He's yeah. beautifully cast in that role. Yeah, probably my favorite, ac- just across all the series. <laughs> another night out another romantic date <laughs> yeah of almost killing a bunch of people right cheap wine oh my god the balls on this one yeah yeah unbelievable and here comes the me <clears throat> right here we go so he's lying, and then he's going to tell the truth, and then they're going to throw it out. He's clearly lying. Matt's going to be able to tell, obviously, that he's lying. Yeah, right. One of his, his awesome superpowers. Yeah, his heartbeat. That's the thing. On paper, Daredevil has uh, like top 10 superpowers of all the Marvel characters, I would say, in terms of oh. coolness and the stuff. You know, it's not just punch, 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 punch with him. There's, There's so the much. There's the heartbeat. He's picking it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give or take. Uh, I bet you this guy's like a comedian. He's got a great look. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the leading the witness argument. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can't live with it in any longer. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Empty the courtroom. Uh huh. Yeah, I just have to I go along with it. This is how this stuff works. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. See I, the time cut there? That was crazy. Yeah, yeah that was that was something. Uh oh. Who else? Those animals came to my office. Oh, that's right. They threatened him. So who? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that um? Is that the colonel? Maybe that that pressured him. One more. John Doe. Oh, that this is the discrepancy. This is also Frank. That's Frank. He's talking about the actual Frank. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Electra. Oh, God damn it. Oh, that's right. She fucking dumb biatch. Sorry, Elodie, but your character is a dumb biatch. She, she did that because she overheard the conversation. No, but the, then the, she's going to claim that she doesn't realize that it would result in this, but she does that. She's making his life. He's, she's cornering him more and more and more. She knew it would have this effect in demoralizing them. 
<laughs> right. Why would she send the cans? Yeah. I love this. You tell the jury to just forget what you just heard. Uh, oh, I forgot. Right. Yeah. She had and, to throw uh, out what Tepper said. Sealing testimony is just so bizarre. Yeah, because he was a threatened uh, witness. So this, uh, this this ends this episode ends with Matt's horribly gone wrong uh yeah. with, with Frank on the stand, right? Yeah. And Frank telling him to fuck fuck herself. The DA. It was Electra. It was Electra. <laughs> from college. Oh, <laughs> oh that Electra. <laughs> yeah. She's back in town with a vengeance. By the way, um uh, Michelle Hurd, who plays the DA, has been on dozens of like Law and Order episodes. Like she was a regular mm. for a while, so she mm. knows what she's doing here. Up, <laughs> oh, delinquency in college because of Electra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two guys and the three urinals. <laughs> Interesting shot. There's no right and wrong in this debate. They're just not understanding each other's worlds. Right. Right. right Foggy right. should not be... If Foggy wants more information, then he should level with Matt, not get so defensive, even though it looks like Matt's the one fucking up. He has no choice. Because of her. She's ruthless. Right. You lied, but not... He's telling him right now. Yeah. This is... This is... Foggy's right with this. Yeah. Yeah, he's done nothing. Yeah, he's so tired of this red suit thing. Well, this goes back to two or three episodes ago when I said he should have recused himself from this entire case. Yes, right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Foggy's right and naive as usual. Yeah, yeah. Electra's not the problem. The thing is, he's generally right philosophically that Matt's the problem, but in this specific case, Electra is the problem. Right. Yep, it's true. He forces him out. He should have done it before. Yeah. Thus passes Nelson and Murdoch. Yeah, right. It's in the grave. The, they said that the girlfriend here thing is great, and Jessica Jones keeps calling her girl his girlfriend throughout the Defenders until it gets really serious, and then yeah, she, she yeah, backs yeah. off. <laughs> oh, I miss Jessica. We're fine. No, at, at that point, F- Foggy would not turn his back on on Karen and not tell her anything. Although I guess he is trying to protect Matt to some degree. My girlfriend. Am I, am I even your girlfriend? Uh-uh. It's like a big fuck you. Wait, how did they fit in this final bit here? With so little time. Oh, so the, the, the it, it's not in this episode. The next episode starts with the... I think. Oh. Yeah. With the Frank... 
the Frank thing in D'Onofrio. Right. Uh, so this is the pit. You were right, I think. She's lying. You had a problem, so I stepped in. Oh. Right, following his rules. She's not wrong. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Touche, dude. I mean, Batman's been talking about this for 80 years, literally. Really? It's this exact thing. The day versus the night. If going outside the law leads to the law functioning better, does that make it right? Yeah, right. That's a great uh, great philosophical question. That's the brilliant end of The Dark Knight is they, he puts it on himself that he killed Harvey Dent and Jim Gordon knows it's bullshit but goes along with it because he mm. needs to unite the city and he's willing to be the bad guy for a while about it. Here we go. All right, Dad, as we end up this episode, which so much happens even though there's not a ton of action but with this great yes. action set piece to end it. So is... is- are these the final couple minutes you're saying? We're yeah, in? yeah. We're just oh. about we're like two, three minutes out. Oh the my end. goodness! Huh. I didn't realize we're that that close to the end. Yeah, I mean, the biggest advantage of him not being in the suit is you just can tell how much Charlie Cox is doing. You can see his face. Right. I wonder if he asked for it. Raiders probably came up with it. There it is. Well, that's no, that's not the, the full spinny kick. There's a name for that move. That's a wrestling move. That was all really for Electra. He'd like to have done that to Electra. He's so furious with her. So normally you'd say the scarf over to the nose and mouth wouldn't be enough to hide you, but she has such a distinctive lower face that it actually works. Mm-hmm. Right. Her nose and mouth and teeth are are very distinct. Okay, so this is this is where they. Uh, so here we go. We have, uh, we have an entire half season of Daredevil, Iron Fist going all over the place, but none of them are able to connect until the Defenders, and by then, of course, we've got Black Sky, and it's almost too late. And this is exactly why this should have come before the Defenders, because they introduced the pit, and then we had to wait like a year plus for it to be resolved. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they win a lot of points back, considering there's dragon bones down there, and that's where they get the the life from, which is a total fantasy thing. Going back to my fantasy, dragons being the, the key mm-hmm. to eternal life or long life is a, is mm-hmm. a real fa- fantasy trope. Eastern, I would say too, an East, you know, Eastern myth and folklore. Yeah, there we dragons. go. Yep, there it is. There it is. Midland Satan's Circle, pit. Midland Circle. Oh mm. man, Satan's pit. When, whenever we get through these Daredevil commentaries, I'm gonna have to rewatch the Defenders. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, give me the flashlight. It's gonna drop it. It's and like then, thirty uh, stories. So, you know, the fact that there are dragon bones in Midtown New York, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, it's they're, they're all over the place deep in the ground, and it's actually easier because of the deep foundations of the buildings in major cities. It's like just easier to find them in cities. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like you wouldn't yeah. think that 
necessarily, you know, but because of all the construction and there's, you know, all the old passageways and the su- abandoned subways and the deep holes and foundations and blah, 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 it's much easier than digging, what, 500 feet in, on like a farm with like rocky soil and yes. you know, blah, 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 blah. But we can talk more lore later. Um, any parting thoughts uh, after that really interesting uh, character episode? I just, I'm just crazy about Daredevil. I think it's just a great, great series. It's awesome. Uh, two's, two's better than one. Three's better than two. And, uh, man, it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm still at two being the best. Uh, but I I'm think sitting, I think you're ultimately going to be correct. I just need the, the sitting on it for quite a while before I revisit uh, season three. Um, but because of Electra and the Punisher and the costume and the hand and just all the, the lore stuff, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, I just think that you know, in some ways the writing is even more daring. No pun intended. Yep. In season three, with the it's more adult. Bring, bring, bring his more adult. That's right. Bringing his mom in, and it's so subtle the way they handle it. And yep. And and bringing the, the priest back. I mean, I just I just love. Yeah, I mean the priest and the and the nun. I mean, yeah. There, there's not not yeah. to mention how they go all in with Karen's backstory. I mean, I mean yeah. You know. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and the thing is, the only thing I really held against season one was me being sick of origin stories, but they really get into it pretty quickly. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and so on repeat of one bothers me less. So, okay. So the next one, let's not forget how how transfixed we were by Fisk and his girlfriend in season one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was incredibly special. So we are indeed, uh, getting hand ninjas followed by stick in the next episode. And, uh, for the rest, you guys will have to join us, but there's a certain large man that looks like a giant baby. That's going to cameo in the next episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, he does just look like a big baby, right? Yes, I mean, he does. Looks like yeah. an oversized baby. Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. forget that he's pile. He's the one that gets, like tormented in a full metal jacket. He's like the poor recruit in the Vietnam that just gets uh, his ass tormented by everyone. Cause he's fat and, and not athletic and so forth. So, um, Kubrick is a maniac was a maniac. Yes, um, yep. so, all right. Thank you. Papa Bizzle guys. Right. I don't know when we will get to the next episode. Guilty as sin. Hopefully sometime within the next week. Thank you for joining us coming back at you soon. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out. <laughs>